your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, uh, let's get straight into sport. We have a lot on the agenda. We'll have our old barracks coffee break a little bit later in the third hour of this morning's Limerick today as well. And with me in the studio, Live 95's Luke Liddy, of course. We also have the UL Vikings, American Football Club president, Liam Ryan. And uh, on the line, we have our soccer correspondent, Mike Ahern. And Tom Savage is with us as well of Three Red Kings and uh, does commentary on rugby with us here as well. And you're very welcome. And I have to say, the the impact of one individual on a sport is beyond belief when it comes to this Super Bowl. Because last night, my wife said to me, it's Super Bowl weekend. And I went, excuse me? I'm sorry? It's Super Bowl weekend. I went, right. How's Trav getting on? Trav? Who is Trav? Apparently, Trav is Travis Kelsey, one of the players. Um, uh, more famous now for being... Taylor Swift's boyfriend. The key question, and we're all Swifties this weekend, Liam, is will Taylor Swift make it to the Super Bowl? Because she has a gig, I think, in Japan. Yeah, I've seen the uh, the Japanese embassy or uh, kind of foreign affairs um, area got involved and, and uh, said that they'll do everything that they possibly can to get Taylor <laughs> in a helicopter to uh, to her jet and, and back back to uh, back to Las Vegas. So um, yeah, it's amazing to see. The, the impact uh, of, of of Taylor on, on the sport in terms of just new demographic, new eyes on, on the thing and, and uh, you know, everyone's talking about the NFL and stuff like that. It's great. I mean, I was genuinely, I said this to you, Luke, I was getting pointed out at home, American <laughs> football documentaries. Like, we've been watching them and not prompted by me. No, I've no problem with that. I enjoy li- watching Travis Kelsey and his brother Jason and their great story of Super Bowl champions and brothers and the whole lot. But it is being driven to a new audience and you look at American football and go it's a massively dominant sport in the US but of course they're cute I mean they're going bang on here lads in terms of marketing and I suppose the finances they put behind marketing the documentaries as you mentioned and just all the advertising around football all of that pales in comparison to having Taylor Swift in a relationship with an American football player the biggest pop star in the world. And yes, they're going to show her on the camera every two seconds. And some people are going to give out about it for some strange reason, whatever people want to give out about a little cutscene away to, to Taylor Swift. That's their own business. But it's been absolutely huge. And if, as you say, if it gets you a bit more TV time watching the sport because Taylor Swift might make an appearance or the interest has has ratcheted up because of it, isn't it great? Well, I mean, because the reality is that like, if Taylor Swift was at the Gaelic Grounds, and was going out with one of the Limerick Curlers, for example, sure, of course, RT would be showing, you know, every time they'd be cutting the... That's, that's what yeah, happens, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw a stat, actually, and it's it's added, like, the, the kind of, the, the furore over this whole uh, whole thing has added about $370 million uh, worth of revenue to the NFL's uh, coffers. So they are very smart about it. They're very savvy. But actually, one of the things that really stands, stands out to me is that um, Taylor's there, she's watching the game. It's, it's not something that's kind of... Um, you know, arranged or anything like that. You can see she's enjoying it. She, she sees she's she's celebrating the, the the touchdowns that Travis scores. She's kind of enjoying the sport, and I think people are like, okay, well, if if uh, you know, young women and, and Swifties are saying 
if, 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 if she's enjoying it, maybe I can have a watch and, and a look at it as well. Yes, because Travis Kelsey, her boyfriend, is a handy enough American footballer, to be fair to him, isn't he? He's playing with the Kansas City Chiefs. They're in the Super Bowl. They face off against a, a very famous franchise, the San Francisco 49ers, this Sunday. Yeah, and I suppose Travis Kelsey, I think he was a two-star recruit in high school, so he came through the, the hard road. Obviously, his brother Jason uh, would have been touted as the, the more talented of the two brothers, but uh, Travis Kelsey, just through sheer work ethic and being in the right place at the right time, getting drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs, has put himself on the map as Patrick Mahomes' uh, lethal weapon, the one man he wants to go to, and he's the best probably receiving tight end that has ever played the game. Uh, in terms of blocking, he probably lacks a bit, so I'll still put Rob Gronkowski of the Patriots slightly ahead of him, but uh, he's a phenomenal player. I mean, it's the Super Bowl, it's the biggest game in, in the NFL, so you're going to see a lot of phenomenal players. Christian McCaffrey is one that stands out for the 49ers. I know, but this suggestion that Patrick Mahomes is a better player than another very famous in his position, Tom Brady. I mean, that's that's a bit ridiculous, isn't it? So if you if you're to measure all of the kind of physical attributes of Mahomes and Brady, I think Mahomes is a, is a better player. He can run the ball. He can he can throw the ball farther. He has kind of off platform throws. Um, he knows how to win. He does does all the things that he needs to do. I think if he if he wins this Super Bowl, he'll he'll, he'll set up a Chiefs dynasty. He's only twenty eight. If he wins another four, then he he catches Brady. But I think what stands out for Brady is just he was so smart for so long and just won. One for so long, basically. So it's it's almost uncatchable. But if anyone's but, going to do it, then Mahomes might. Did Brady not win with another team a Super Bowl in what was he forty or in his forties? Forty-three or forty-two? 42 like yeah. forty-two years old, and he's winning a Super Bowl, and some people saying this Mahomes guy is going to be better than him. <laughs> I think. And Joe, you're New England. See, <laughs> yes, I, I'm yes. loving this. Lucas, no, Lucas, just not the way Absolutely, Joe. Um, I yeah, look, I, I think he's this, me these um, I think this Patrick Mahomes does have a long way to go I do agree in terms of his gameplay and the way that he can drive a team physically uh, he probably edges Brady in terms of, of that sheer talent I think with Brady it's it's the work rate it's the longevity won his first Super Bowl coming in as a, a sixth round draft pick when Patrick Mahomes was a toddler then beat Patrick Mahomes as a 42 year old a couple of years ago has seven Super Bowl rings so I think Mahomes has a, a bit of a ways to go even though he is a great player I'm not going to Michael Hearn on this because if he were in the studio, I wouldn't have been brave enough to start talking about this Taylor Swift thing because I know his views on the crossover between who's sitting in the stand and who's on the pitch from previous experiences, let's put it that way, on the Limerick Today show. But I am going to ask Tom Savage of Three Red Kings. Now, rugby obviously is your number one, Tom, but do you enjoy American football? Uh, when I get a chance to, to actually watch it, I do enjoy it, yeah. Like, I don't really understand what's going on a lot of the time. I just kind of wait to see who's celebrating and stuff, but other than that, I, I enjoy watching it. And I enjoy seeing a little bit of Taylor Swift as well for the 30 seconds of the of the TV time that she's on. Right. But like Lewis Reese Zamet, um, you know, a, a, a brilliant um, player in rugby union with Wales, he's gone off to see if he can be NFL, hasn't he, Tom? Uh, he has. And I, I, he follows in the footsteps of, of Christian Wade, who I think he got it. He was on the roster for the Buffalo Bills for a bit uh, with the NFL. Like, Louis Rishamid is a great young player. I think from his point of view, he's 22. So if it doesn't work out, he'll walk back into uh, a rugby team in, in three years' time or however long it'll be. And he'll still be getting more or less the same money coming back. I think it's worth a shot for him. I do think it's going to be very, very difficult. Because one of the things I do know about American football is it's very difficult to get onto any team where they have no film of you 
actually playing the game at any sort of high level over a long period of time. So he's going to be you know, in trouble there with that aspect of it. But he's a fantastic athlete, so maybe that will be enough. Right, that's interesting. Um, and uh, we're talking to the UL Vikings club president, Liam Ryan, with us in the studio. I mean, is this not the equivalent of saying to Cristiano Ronaldo, you're playing in an All-Ireland hurling final tomorrow and expecting Ronaldo to be able to perform? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the skills uh, between rugby and American football, there, there is some transferable stuff, but uh, for, for Lou Rees-Emmett, like, the big learning curve for him is going to be um, it's, it's it's explosive, it's kind of sprint fitness as opposed to being able to run for 80 minutes and, 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 and keep kind of moving. Um, and then the other one is is essentially mental. It's, it's, it's picking up the complex playbooks, like you have maybe a couple of hundred plays that you need to learn and, 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 and he's going for a particularly complex position of kind of that running back receiver um, mix which is which is going to be even more complicated but I think his, his dad actually played American football in Europe he's kind of very been, he's been very interested in the sport he watches it regularly so I think if anyone was going to make this uh, a thing uh, he's an elite athlete I think he was the fastest player in the Six Nations last year uh, you know he's a guy that, that has the potential to do it uh, and I think it'll actually put more eyes in America on pathways into, into the American football as well The other thing is I mean I'm studying the playbooks um, in the run into the Super Bowl um, this weekend um, dedicated some time this afternoon to that um, but uh, I just watching some of the highlights over the last few weeks and maybe it's because it's such a big issue in rugby at the moment the hits what you are legally allowed to do to somebody else in American football is just unbelievable. Yeah, and they've actually, I mean, they've they've kind of uh, litigated or, or they've changed the rules ar- around to kind of make some of the more dangerous hits uh, illegal from when I was playing. I think uh, I would have benefited from some of that back in the day. Uh, CTE probably is, is, is knocking on my door. But um, yeah, it, it's it's something that, you know, I've, I've played rugby, I've played rugby with Shannon and, and, and uh, St. Munchens and I've played American football and the, the, the kind of intensity of the hits, you don't get hit as frequently maybe in American football, but the intensity of the hits is much higher and, and the equipment kind of it protects you in a way but it also kind of frees you up to actually hit harder as well so um, yeah it's 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 fairly, fairly fairly physical but they've kind of taken out a lot of the head-to-head contact in terms of lowering the, the, the kind of tackle, tackle zones and stuff like that Will it be Taylor Swift's day at the Super Bowl or will the 49ers spoil the party? I think if you look at the 49ers uh, across the field on the offense and defense there's probably only a handful of players that, that are better on the Chiefs side Um the, the real kind of issue is is Brock Purdy is the is the quarterback for the 49ers he was literally taking the last pick of the draft they call it Mr. Irrelevant uh, up against Mahomes so Mahomes is a guy who who will just find a way to win um, the defense coordinator for the for the Chiefs is is uh, is a guy that that uh, Luke will know well from beating the Patriots as a Giants defense coordinator a couple of times. Uh, so Steve Spagnolo, um, he's a guy that will just cook up a, a, a kind of a scheme that will stop the the Niners Niners offense. So I I find it hard to bet against the Chiefs. Uh, I think the, the Niners are are stronger on paper, but maybe the Chiefs might just edge it. Right, briefly, Luke. Yeah, I'd echo that. I think the Chiefs know how to win. They're going for their second Super Bowl in a row. They're third in four years so I think that the Chiefs will get over the line people kind of wrote them off throughout the season going into the playoffs they're able to get their noses in front they know how to win games San Francisco are very talented it'll be a tight game but I think the Chiefs will will have enough in the end Well I'm back in the 49ers because I think it makes better TV if Taylor is crying with Travis (laughs) at the end of the game with the cameras really close you know She'll she'll lift lift this Lombardi trophy if the Chiefs win it though probably (laughs) (laughs) 
Now, we will go to Mike Ahern in a moment when uh, he's uh, calmed down from my Taylor Swift obsession. Uh, but uh, in the meantime, I want to mention rugby and Ireland take on Italy in their second Six Nations rugby game of the season at the weekend, three o'clock on Sunday at the Aviva Stadium. But tomorrow, Scotland hosts France from 2.15, while England entertain Wales at 4.45. And Tom Savage of Three Red Kings. It is really difficult uh, not to patronise the Italians. Now, Ireland are being very careful this week not to do so, understandably in public. They're saying all the right things. But it's inevitable that a slight hint of a tone of that comes into it. And, I mean, it must drive the Italians crazy. I'm not talking exclusively about Ireland, but whenever they come up against a team at the moment. It, it actually does really bother them, <laughs> from what from my experience. Um, it is you're right though. It is it is very very hard not to patronise them because when you're talking about Italy and the Six Nations and you're playing them. Oh, okay. Not so sure what happened there. His line went down just as he was about to make a very interesting point. So let's see if we can maybe get him uh, back on the match yeah look I, I think uh, I was pleased with what I saw from the Italians uh, against England anyway fighting to the final whistle and uh, England going for that third try and uh, Italy turned over the ball and, and ran up and got their losing bonus point I thought that um, they deserved it I think England they're that frustrating team aren't they where they might have a good half they might be 7 or 10 points up on a side and they fall apart or else they come back late in the game. So it's just that consistency over over 80 minutes that they're that they're missing out on. But I, I do definitely think that um, they're getting better and uh, hopefully, it won't be against Ireland, but hopefully they'll get that uh, win they've been chasing for so long now. Right, and Tom Savage, you were midpoint there. We have you back, as you were saying. Yeah, no, I, I thought I saw Taylor Swift, so I had to run over there and see if I could get an autograph. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, with Italy, uh, I think when you're playing them at all, the expectation is that you win. Now, Italy, they do look like they're getting a little bit better, but not at the same rate as the other teams, especially Ireland, who have you know, fired ahead in the last you know, 10 years in particular. So I think that there's, there's no way not to patronise them. I mean, but realistically, this is a game Ireland should be winning by 20-plus points, all things going well. Yeah. And, and you mentioned uh, Liam Ryan as president of UL Vikings American Football Club. You played rugby, um, so obviously you've been interested in this. Um, probably in ways the best game that Ireland could have home match against Italy they'll be looking for bonus point they'll be looking for a good performance and, and then they have that break don't they yeah and I think what, what, their, what their, their plan probably will be is, is to rotate the squad a little bit and, and get that um, get fresh bodies in I think uh, Omani and, uh, and a couple of others are carrying knocks so they probably will rotate a little bit which will probably antagonise the Italians even more when there's a second string uh, squad in there but yeah I, I'm, I'm hoping uh, an Irish win there but um, yeah you want to rotate and, and, and build, build the confidence and build the squad depth a little bit Right, and Tom, you know, is Jack Crowley now the man in possession of the number 10, the Jonathan Sexton shirt? He seems to be at the moment. Uh, I think he had a really good performance in the end against France. One or two small mistakes, but every playmaker is going to make that in, in, in a big game. You're not, you're not expecting perfection. But I do think that he's got an opportunity to really cement himself in this Six Nations if he's given the chance. Now, I do think in this game uh, at the weekend, uh, I'd expect somebody like maybe Harry Byrne or Kieran Frawley to get maybe 10, 15 minutes at the end. That didn't happen against France for obvious reasons. But I do think that there's an opportunity there to maybe have a look at depth options so that they're not fully reliant on just one guy as they were for 10 years plus with, uh, with Johnny Sexton and then Ronald O'Gara before him. Yeah, and Jack, he has that corkness about him, doesn't he? 
He actually does. We, we've measured the, the corkness levels, and he's at 98 out of 100. So it's, uh, it's, it's pretty good levels of corkness. Uh, I think the big thing about Jack Crowley that I really like is he's got a short memory. He can make a mistake. He can, you know, blow a kick or make a poor pass or miss a, a kick a goal. And it doesn't matter. He'll just keep coming back and keep playing his game. That's a great sign in a young player. I personally think he is the guy. But, you know, you look at how he's performed and the, the, the meteoric rise he's had really over the last two seasons, that's the mark of a very good player. Right. And presumably, um, you know, Wales will battle against England, but you'd expect England to win there. Scotland-France could be interesting. You know, Scotland certainly improving, but the French are going to be massively wounded after that record defeat to Ireland, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Look, and I think that Scotland actually have a very decent record over France in the last couple of years. So they won't necessarily have a huge fear of, uh, of, of France in this one. It is in Murrayfield. I think that's going to be a really good game. I think both sides are going to look to try and kick the ball a little bit. But I think we're going to see um, a lot more counter-attacking, certainly from Scotland, and that might bring France out as well. But I think if they'll have looked at that Ireland game, they'll be thinking, we didn't kick the ball half enough against Ireland. We need to go back to basics against Scotland. That could open up a lot of counter-attacking rugby in this one. So I think it's going to be one of the, one of the games to watch. All right. Tom Savage, Three Red Kings, thank you very much. We look forward to that. In Hurling, Limerick are back in the National Hurling League on Sunday. John Kiley's men face West Meath in Mullingar, having comprehensively beaten Antrim last time out. Throw-in on Sunday is at 2 o'clock, and we will have full live commentary here across all platforms on Live 95. Uh, Limerick's ladies footballers look to maintain their unbeaten record in the National League this weekend. They host Longford at Quaid Park on Sunday afternoon. We'll be keeping you up to date on that uh, too. And in soccer, the Republic of Ireland men's senior team will play England in a competitive game for the first time competitively since 1991. They've been drawn together in the same Nations League group along with Greece and Finland. They still don't have a manager. Mike Ahern is uh, on the line. Hello, Mike. Um, so what do we reckon? England, competitive games twice, September and then November, I, I have to say, I don't know, and, and you're, probably, you're going to tell me not to be concerned about this, but England coming to the Aviv, it just gives me a sharp intake of breath, to be honest with you, for reasons yeah. off the pitch rather than on it. Yeah, absolutely. And we remember the troubles, Joe, at the old Lansdowne Road, don't we? And the fact that it's the first game of the campaign means the English will certainly travel in huge numbers. Ireland confirmed now on the 7th of September at the Aviva for that game. So there will be a huge pleased presence at that game. And I suppose they'll take nothing for granted. Not that I suppose we're enemies or anything, Joe, but just that football hooligan element has always been very evident at Ireland-England games. And look, England have been relegated from the Nations League into Ireland's uh, group. And I suppose it's not the easiest group with Finland and Greece in there. But look, England first up, it means probably a losing start as well. So does the Irish job become even less appetising now for somebody? Uh, because England will win this group for sure. And all eyes on the 7th of September means one full uh, house at the Aviva for sure, Joe. That will help the FAI coffers. But still, I think that element of real high pressure will be on Dublin on that evening and you know I for one will be there I'm sure everybody will be trying to get a ticket for the game that's what we should be looking forward to but there will be a huge element of worry and anxiety in the lead up to the game yeah absolutely and look the vast majority of England fans are fine it's, you know, you are dealing with a minority, but they're a minority when they decide to cause trouble. That can cause a lot of trouble. That's just the way it is. Um, uh, are you ruling yourself out as the next Republic of Ireland men's senior manager yourself, Mike? 
At the moment, anyway, Joe, just trying to brush up the CV. But look, I suppose you, you heard Gareth Southgate yesterday. He claimed after the Nations Cup draw that England were still very hopeful of keeping Lee Carsley. That, to me, would sound like he's in uh, deep negotiations, probably with both FAs at the moment. It's the interesting one. Look, Carsley apparently gets on very, very well with players. He has a really good, approachable character in terms of football management. So if you hear England are trying to keep him, I'd be fairly worried because they have the resources, Joe. They obviously have the better players at his disposal as well. But look, after that, who knows who it could be. One thing is for sure, they'll want to get the manager in before those two games in June, which were confirmed against Portugal and against Hungary, because the new manager will have to have a look at players before what is now an absolutely huge game on the 7th of September. One thing I think, Joe, if I rule myself out, I think Taylor Swift will as well. Uh, briefly then Treaty United have confirmed they're going to make the swap to a blue home kit for the upcoming season and blue is a traditional um, Limerick soccer colour at senior level yeah, it, it always really has been, apart from the inaugural team who wore red and white, and that was Treaty's thinking to go back to the original colours um, when Treaty were founded in 2020. But I think Kira McCormick, one thing that she has insisted on when she came in as CEO is that she'd listen to the supporters. The supporters for years now, uh, since Treaty have been founded, always wished that the club went back to blue. And this week it was confirmed with Trade Electric, a local sponsor, on the front of the shirt as well. So it's very... Uh, Italian like the jersey for me but if you look really closely you can see King John's Castle is in the design in the bottom half of the jersey so a huge amount of thought went into it. Jay Demerit who used to play in the Premier League for Watford he actually designed the jersey so it's got a huge story behind it and hopefully it's a successful story and the boys in blue will be having a lot to cheer about this season it all begins this day next week Joe. Okay we'll be talking more about that uh, as well and thank you all very much uh, Liam Ryan, uh, just very briefly to mention UL Vikings, you have a Super Bowl event. Yeah, so if anyone's in, in, in the city and wants to watch the watch the game, the best place to go is, is Flannery's Bar on Denmark Street. So we have a kind of an annual Super Bowl party there, uh, you know, barbecue and um, uh, burgers and beer and a whole lot. And, and there will be occasional uh, snippets of Taylor Swift as well, unfortunately. <laughs> right, OK. Listen, thank you very much. I really appreciate you coming in this morning. That's UL Vikings American Football Club President Liam Ryan. Thank you to uh, Luke Liddy and Luke and the sports crew will be with you obviously tomorrow, 10 to 11 on the Saturday Sports Show. Thanks to Michael Hurl and to Tom Savage before that. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.